From the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe, journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This 22- is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cap, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. I'm just throwing it out there. What would you change if you could alter your past or mess around with a timeline? Personally, I would change my fashion choices for all of the 90s. But what I wouldn't change is the fact that I'm on this podcast. Welcome to another edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 221. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me, as always, is the man who probably would go back and make himself, oh, I don't know, king of the world. He is Mike, also known as MFG. Why would I want a demotion? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, nah, there's nothing to change, man. I mean, maybe something that happened in 2016, I might change, but there's lots of things that happened in many years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, let's get right on to describing a, or sending out a horribly described movie, I should say. Oh, here we go. You Fairly. ready? This is not a bad one, actually, even though. Grumpy Chick takes a few years to decide whether she will shag a corpse or a dog. What? One more time for the hoes at home. Grumpy Chick takes a few years to decide whether she will shag a corpse or a dog. Got it. So think on that one, and you'll hear the answer to that after the quick news. Okay, all right. So I can't wait to try and fail that one. Um, And our other illustrious host, is a guy who would definitely go back in time and get back his Mini Cooper. He is RT Squared, Ralph the Tech. So the other day, while I wasn't, you know, hacking into certain government servers, allegedly, and I came across a file labeled kill list, And there were just kill list. Okay. It was just kill list. There was a few names on there. And as I scrolled through it and I see my name there with an asterisk. And as I click on it to view the file, it opens up and a thought occurred to me. Superman has probably never had a hard day's work on the farm ever. <laughs> nope. Right? Because he's like... He doesn't get tired quickly with his superpowers. He just takes care of that shit in the blink of an eye. Like, so like. No, the worst part is you ever notice, even in the comics, he'll be quote unquote working on his farm. His old old dad is working and sweating on the farm. Yeah. And Think about that. Like, he's like, oh, like like oh, he dad. could be done with all the work. I understand that that Pa Kent's probably like, well, you know, work makes you feel good, but it's like you're an old man. Yeah, your 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 super son could really do a lot of work. That's like right up there with the uh, the Man of Steel movie when he goes to visit his mom, mm-hmm. and the and the, and the farmhouse needs painting because it's chipping all over the place. And you're like, you're a fucking asshole of a son, aren't you? <laughs> never picked up that brush. Never built any hay. Nope. Never yep, built the coal. You know, <laughs> didn't didn't press a giant piece of coal into a diamond to pay off the farm for. Nope, yeah. none of that. None of it. I can't believe how we turned down this road, but okay. Ridiculous. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, today we'll be going into a world where we are going to be talking about superheroes, but we're going to talk about a team of superheroes, misfit superheroes, who um, are trying to right their wrongs by messing with time. 
But is it a good show or is it rinse or wash, rinse, repeat in regards to the other shows dealing with time? So on this show, we'll be reviewing the Netflix series, The Umbrella Academy, season three. But first, MFG wants to share his latest findings of the geek world as we know it. So here he is, Mike, and his quick news. And now, the quick news, brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. And that quick news intro was brought to you by Little Snuffy. He paid for this one himself. Wow. Ooh, nice. He's got the he's got the big bucks to be to be able to afford the commercial uh, on our side. Oh yeah. <laughs> All righty, it's death. Just face ah. it. So you know it's happening. All righty, <laughs> an iconic star has faded from the permanent. Actress Nichelle Nichols, best known as Lieutenant Nyota Uhura of the original Star Trek series, has boldly gone to her next assignment. Nichols began a career as a backup singer and dancer for Duke Ellington before landing the role that would define her career. Prior to the late 60s, it was unheard of for a black woman to be a feature cast member, and especially with the position of, of authority on TV. Uh, during the height of the Star Trek series, Nichols was uh, going to leave the show despite pleas from the series creator Gene Roddenberry to stay. It wasn't until Nichols spoke with Martin Luther King Jr. that she decided to remain with the show. According to Nichols' account of the exchange, King said, and pardon me for reading this whole thing, but I just think it's a wonderful thing. Uh, King said, quote, don't you see what this man is doing who has written this? This is the future. He has established us as we should be seen. 300 years from now, we are here. We are marching, and this is the first step. When we see you, we see ourselves, and we see ourselves as intelligent and beautiful and proud. You turn on your television and the news comes on and you see us marching and peaceful. You see the peaceful civil disobedience, and you see the dogs, and you see the fire hoses, and we all know they cannot destroy us because we are there in the 23rd century." End quote. Obviously, Nichols stayed and flourished with the role of Lieutenant Uhura, playing the character in 69 episodes from 1966 to 69, all 22 episodes of the Star Trek animated series, six feature films, and several video games. Although she had many TV and movie credits in the 50-plus years since Star Trek, Nichols will always represent the idea of hope and acceptance for generations of minorities. Michelle Nichols passed away due to natural causes. She was 89. Oh my goodness. God, God rest her soul. That is, yeah. I mean, that, that, I'm so glad you took time for that anecdotal, Mike, because yeah. I, I, the anecdote, because um, it's just one of those things that people don't realize how important geek and fiction is to society, to, you know, like how mm -hmm. we feel about ourselves as people. And the fact that, you know, MLK, you know, had that conversation with her and brought that to her you know, brought her to her attention. That, that's amazing. Yeah. And as she was saying before that that's, I mean, obviously much more eloquent from him, I'm sure. But she said that's basically what Gene Rodenberry had said to her even before she spoke to Martin Luther King. Right. Really? Yeah. That, that's basically the idea because she had turned in her resignation and when she came back to Rodenberry, right, uh, she right. goes, he likes the Roden. <laughs> now, um, when she came back to uh, when came back to him, he, uh, she said that I've changed my mind and decided to stay. And he opened his drawer and pulled out her resignation, which he had already ripped up into a, like a bunch of pieces, like a hundred pieces, and then gave him gave her back all those pieces. Why was he wow. keeping that in his drawers? Uh, because it's comfortable. Kind of Underwear back then was a lot. Oh goodness! I wow. I the paper cuts there, man. Uh, maybe he liked it. 
Okay, we took a weird turn here, guys. But I think the bottom line is that, I mean, you know, even if you don't follow Star Trek, what she did, you know, what she did was very iconic and just good to hear that she was such an influential person, you know, at a really pivotal time in history. Oh, most definitely. What else you got there, Mike? Please don't tell Uh, me again. No, I have one more piece of news. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, For the hoes at home that didn't get the memo, at San Diego uh, Comic Con 2022, Kevin Feige confirmed that Marvel's phases four, five, and six are officially named Secret the Multiverse Invasion. Saga. Nope, the Multiverse Saga. Oh. Yep. Although a full list of Phase Six programming was not given, Feige did reveal that Phase Six will begin with the official MCU reboot of Fantastic Four on November 8th, 2024. Two other films were also teased: Avengers: The Kang Dynasty for May 2nd of 2025, and just a few months later. Avengers Secret Wars, November 7th of 2025. But let's not get our masturbatory fantasies too far ahead. Phase 5 has lots of love to keep our juices flowing. The complete list of movies and TV shows that will appear in the Marvel Phase 5, here they are. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania on February 17th, 2023. Secret Invasion on Disney Plus, Spring 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th, 2023. Marvel's Echo on Disney Plus, Summer 2023. Loki season two on Disney Plus, summer 2023. The Marvels on July 28th, 2023. Ironheart on Disney Plus in the fall of 2023. Blade on November 3rd, 2023. Agatha, Coven of Chaos on Disney Plus in winter 2023 into 2024. Daredevil Born Again in spring 2024. Captain America, New World Order on May 3rd, 2024. And Thunderbolts on July 26th, 2024. Oh man. Has Daredevil well, gone religion? He's I'm sorry. Again? Um, well, he's very religious, if you remember the series. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I can't lie, and I'm glad Mike covered it in, in the quick news. Um, I'm definitely excited for what I saw from, you know, the Marvel booth. Even though it's not as big as some other years, this is one of the first years back from COVID where we're doing a live, you know, they, they, they did, you know, Hall H with everybody in there and all that stuff. And I'm kind of excited by some of the, some of the movies that they showed and they discussed. Well, the, the previews got me was that uh, I was just like, ah, oh, so Ironheart's going to come from Wakanda. I'm like, really? How are they going to work this now? Because you see the heart being knocked out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. let's see where we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'll say this before I get to Ralph, that that Wakanda Forever trailer. It, I mean, now, mind you, I guess, obviously, you know, Chadwick Boseman, it was, you know, it was sad that we lost him. But playing on that whole thing and, and, and the things they chose, plus the way Namor looked, I was impressed. Oh, no, I can't. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, you know, it's just, it, it definitely had a good feel with the, the thing. I, and, I, and I love, uh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Angela Bassett. Bassett. Just hearing her, like, you know, give her, her speech. I was like, that's my, that's my girl. Husband. I've lost my son. I wonder how they're gonna explain the death of T'Challa. Ah, something off screen. Who knows? I mean, he could have died soon after. I guess the uh, Infinity War, right? Yeah, I would. I would imagine that's probably what they're going to go through. I, you know, I mean, I hope they don't go through something so like. And he was stopping the white man from doing so and so. I'll be like, all right, just pull it back a little bit. <laughs> well, but I am curious to see who they get to be the Panther. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, I wanted to get Ralph sick. I'm sorry, Mike. I want, because Ralph's been kind of quiet, you know? Like, trying to find out what's going on in the head of his. The famous last words. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to know that. Um, so I, I honestly enjoyed to see that trailer. I do feel that 
it's kind of ridiculous that the fact that they didn't want to replace Chadwick um, with another actor. So they, yeah. to, they changed the whole story that they were going to do. Yeah, I do find I, that ridiculous. I honestly feel that Chadwick would have been like, replace me, have someone carry the mantle and just do it justice, you know, instead of just not re- just getting rid of the character altogether. It's going to be ridiculous. Uh, other than that, I did enjoy the trailer and I can't wait to see what they're going to do. And when I saw that Ironheart, I'm like, oh, oh, that's, that's, that's oh, yes. Can't wait to see what they do with it. I was more excited for Namor. I can't even lie. One of the Marvel's oldest characters finally yeah. coming home. Well, I just love the, the the baby. You see the wings on his feet. Yeah. You know, as, as it's been given birth to. I'm like, I'm sure the dad was like, you don't have wings in your feet. I don't have wings on my feet. Where the hell did this kid get wings on his feet? <laughs> Freaking uh, Icarus. Not Icarus. Uh, Hermes. Hermes be getting around, man. Wow. Well, he is fast. He be getting around, man. Or, or, or if we're going to go with the Roman name, Mercury. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So is that all the quick news? That is all I have. All right. So before we go to asking Ralph about his quick news, Mike, what is that horribly described movie you you said earlier? All righty. Here you go. So easy. Grumpy Chick takes a few years to decide whether she will shag a corpse or a dog. It's wow. so easy. Like, is it this easy? I've never seen Ralph's eyes light up like that. Is that easy? I don't get it. He is like... He's t- like, he's on a platter. Here's the platter. Here you go, sir. Take it. Take it in. And, and for those who, and for those who don't see Ralph doing, it, he's you know gesturing with his hands. Yes. Yeah. So the answer would be, uh, Twilight, the saga. Wow. He's. I mean, I have. He guessed it. I'm not gonna get the right answer for that. Oh, but I agree, with Ralph. That's, that's, that is the answer. So close. Charlie Brown and Lucy versus the zombies. What? what? No kidding. No, it's Twilight. It's <laughs> Twilight. <laughs> How dare you, Mike? How dare you? I think half our listening audience is like, "What?" And, and the other half is like, "Where is it showing?" <laughs> and, and, and Lady J, shout out to Lady J, is like, "Oh my God, it's Twilight!" There, babe, your one Twilight reference. How about that? You no. never need more than one ever. <laughs> Please, ever gone anywhere else? She's got a wall full of those, those Twilight um, dolls. The fact oh that gosh. there's four movies just boggles my mind they're the first ones to do that stupid thing of hey we have a finale let's divide it in two mm-hmm. so, yeah, you know. it's not a pleasure no it's not oh, wow good good job ralph ralph do you have any quick news do i ever have any quick news what are you talking you about always, sometimes yeah sometimes are you, are you guys thinking about the alternate reality ralph <laughs> oh <laughs> no not anymore he's he's been dead <laughs> that explains why he hasn't come to any of the poker games. Yeah, wow. I'm still working on the reanimation formula. He'll be back. And 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 maybe in the alternate reality, not only do we have an alternate reality, Ralph, but in the alternate reality, DC would give out better things for, for um, Comic-Con. All right, what else did they give out? They gave out the, the preview for um, Shazam. Oh, I saw an, that. And an extended trailer for um, Black Adam. That's it. Yeah, Black I saw Adam the Shazam. Interesting. With the Hawkman. He looks pretty good. I like that. And Shazam, well, I don't know. It, it just looks just as sad as it's been seen. And now the fact that you've brought um, the wizard into, I'm like, just please stop. The, the, stop killing my joy. <laughs> if, like, the actress, what's her name? I forget. In, uh, in Shazam? No idea. The, Which one? going to play the villain? Oh, Lucy Liu. Or, or do you mean Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren. 
I'm like, okay. like, wait, she's she's gonna be one of the big bads. Like, she's not very imposing in there. Where are you gonna? Be I, don't, I mean, I sure she's a big bad, but I mean, I think I know I read something that Lucy Liu is definitely considered one of the villains, so, um, if not one of the main villains. So she might be like the ultimate bad of it. Who knows? I don't really care very much. I will see it, but I'm not happy. Uh, really? You're going to go see it? Even though I mean, I'll like... see it. Why not? You know, I I, 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 I saw um, Mo, uh, Morbius. Oh, God. Oh, oh wow. I, but I have yet to watch Venom, too. I still haven't brought myself to do that. My... You because only because you have limits too. My, my... <laughs> on behalf of the human race, I am sorry that you had been put through that torture. Morbius was absolute garbage. Is Just, it Morbin time? Oh my god, it's that would actually make the movie seem good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but that's not what we're here to talk about. That, that, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you transitioned. Yes, that's not what we're here to talk about. What we are here to talk about is the Netflix series, The Umbrella Academy, season three. And with a synopsis, is a guy who is not wanting to talk about Shazam anytime soon. Mike, also known as MFG, Umbrella Academy, take it away. All right, okay. All right. <laughs> the Umbrella Academy season three. All right, they are back. The TV series from the minds of Steve Blackman and Jeremy Slater returns with another 10 episode based on the comic books from the minds of uh, Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. The third series evokes readers' memories of volume three comic titled The Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion, which was written in 2018, but pretty much this shows in name only, as it is completely unlike the source material. Uh, in July 2020, Gerard Way revealed that the still unreleased volume four of the comic book would be titled The Umbrella Academy, Sparrow Academy. Hmm. Although the book's plot is unknown, it is assumed to be much like the plot of the current Netflix series. The Umbrella Academy has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 91% with an audience of 56, which Whoa. I have opinions on that, and an IMDb weighted average of 75 out of 100. Okay. All righty, here we go, a little synopsis. Welcome back to 2019. What has been three years for viewers has only been a few weeks for the foolhardy family of the Umbrella Academy. Returning from 1963 and having prevented Vanya's second apocalypse, the six sort of siblings find themselves back in their proper time, but with a new team of heroes called the Sparrows in their home. And even more surprising, their long dead sibling, Ben, is alive along with their recently dead father, Reginald Hargreaves. But before either team can tire from getting their asses kicked, another apocalypse is on the rise. And this one is destroying all time and space. Our heroes are in for a bumpy ride filled with dark themes, horrendous karaoke, multiple deaths, surprise fatherhood, group dance numbers, a murderous mom, numerous resurrections, gender affirmation, drunken apologies, deadly grocery shopping, the Amish, lost children, cockroaches, and of course, a wedding. And that's the short list. So use your BFS Netflix account while you still can and binge watch all 10 episodes of the dramatic do-gooders that put the FU in dysfunctional. They won't <laughs> save the world, but they won't feel bad about it either. <laughs> all right, it's starring Elliot Page as Vanya Victor Hargreaves, number seven, code name, anybody, anybody? The violin. Oh, violin. The white violin. violin. Yeah. Yes. Tom Hopper as Luther Hargreaves, number one, code name. Uh, Space Boy. There you go. Correct. Space Boy. David Castaneda as Diego Hargreaves, number two. Code name. Oh, not Reaver. Oh, camera's name. Pass. It's, some, it's something you release. Semen. 
wow, that's not where I was going. The Kraken. The cra oh, that's right. Yeah. The Kraken. Uh, Emmy Raver Lampman as Allison Hargreaves. Number three, code name. Rumor. That, the rumor, actually, but sure, I will take rumor. Robert Sheehan as Klaus Hargreaves. Number four, code name. Seance. Seance. There we go. Aiden Gallagher as number five, code name. Number five. No. What? No, he's, yeah, he's got a name. I can't remember it. It's easy. The boy. Oh. Oh, Justin right. H. Min as Ben Hargreaves, number six, code name. The Horror. Correct. Uh, and then Rita Arya as Lila Pitts, Colm Fuhrer as Sir Reginald Hargreaves, code name. Uh, the Monocle. Correct. All righty. Jordan Claire Robbins as Grace Hargreaves, otherwise known as Mom. Adam Godley as Pogo. Justin Cornwell as Marcus Hargreaves, Sparrow number one. Brittany Oldford as Faye Hargreaves, Sparrow number three. Jake Epstein as Alfonso Hargreaves, Sparrow number four. Genesis Rodriguez as Sloan Hargreaves, Sparrow number five. Cassie David as um, Jamie Hargreaves, Sparrow number six. And the SFX and CGI as Christopher Hargreaves, Sparrow number seven. <laughs> <laughs> well done. All right. So let's talk about it. Umbrella Academy season three. But before we even go there, let's press that spoiler button just so we don't get sued and we make the use of that button. Warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Ah, and that spoiler warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stitch Productions. Look, over there. Is that another apocalypse? No, it's just Stush. I can tell by that goatee. This is the evil version of Stush. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about it, gentlemen. Umbrella Academy season three. I remember season two. If I remember correctly, it was in the, be oh, the beginning of the apocalypse. It was in the beginning of the pandemic, correct? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so I remember like, being able to watch it, you know, with a lot more, you know, like I was really, really involved. And it just feels like there's been a little bit more time between when they produced season two and season three. It took me a while to get my bearings and remember where everything was. I, I don't mean, know if anybody felt the same I mean, way. To me, it was all you had to really remember was that they were, you know, in a alternated time, timeline and that uh, at the most, if you really want to remember that uh, Allison had, uh, had been married and had a kid. That's really about the only thing you really need to know. Also, uh, well, well, go ahead, Rob. I think you might mention it. Uh, grandpappy cap there, uh, right? Th there is also a uh, recap function that Netflix does, so you could see everything that you would need. You're to absolutely know. right. No, you're absolutely right. But unfortunately, the, you know, one of those things where you're like, I think I remember these things, and then when you're watching, you're like, Who's Harlan? Oh, right. <laughs> so, so I, I felt bad. So I like go back and watch the recap. I'm like, oh, that's right. So, it's, yeah, it's the boy that she kissed and gave powers to. Right, as you do. All right, let's do it. So let's talk. But his name wasn't was his name Harlan when he was a kid? Mm -hmm. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. He had a different name as an adult. I think that's what it was. He had a different last name. Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we, we open up with you know our heroes being in like Mike said in the synopsis, the, the heroes being in their house and fighting this other group of these new Hargreaves now. You know, they have the, the Sparrow Academy. What did you guys think of, of to seeing this alternate version of um, Hargreaves taking on a new set of kids and the explanation behind it? I just want to say straight off the bat, fucking hilarious dance scene. Loved it. 
<laughs> that dancing cracked more. me up. They were absolutely fantastic. It was great. <laughs> on, on a serious note, um, I thought it was kind of interesting how quickly the um, Brother Academy got their asses handed to them up until super o- o- like overpowered Anya decides to then do like this cosmic blast type of thing when she should have just done that from the very beginning. Like, I don't get it. You know what? Never mind. Let's not touch that. But still, it was just hilarious to see them get their asses kicked so quickly and so efficiently. Well, because they're not a team. They, they're, they're a family group. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, but, you know, the last time they were team, a team were when they were teens. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that's probably, you know, and I'm sure Hargreaves, just like they worked them to, you know, worked them to death to make sure that happened. But after that, I mean, they don't really, they think about it. They get together to, to save each other when they have to, but they don't ever practice anything. You know? Yeah. At no point do you believe like, oh yeah, they're in the, the courtyard practicing their moves. They're not in the danger room doing that. No, exactly. <laughs> right. Whereas the Sparrow was, I mean, literally they would go in for combat practice. And they definitely, they definitely gave up the vibe of them being a much more cohesive team, you know, a much more put together team. Well, you know why though? Because Ben is alive. Well, no, it's because Hargreaves, I mean, the same reason why he didn't adopt them. He saw them in 1963, realized they were a horrible mistake on his part, mm-hmm. and adopted other kids and also changed the way he patterned them, you know? He didn't adopt them because they weren't alive. Uh, Remember, they were all dead. That's what the whole reason Well, for that, I mean, for that reason, but I mean, at the same time, he did say that he remembered meeting him and had, right. he would not make that mistake <laughs> you know so you pick different kids you know or, or right. pick different people to be to take that on it was i was very like surprised by that i was like oh wow okay that's, a, that's an interesting way to go about it mm-hmm. and it's it's such a superhero trope to have them like the justice league versus jsa or like you know the x-men versus the the avengers you know it's always right. pretty cool to see that kind of like showdown in the beginning so it's kind of fun i enjoyed it oh no i i just i had a lot of fun with it i i you know, just and it's just so funny because like they their team has like the weird combination of powers. Like some of them are cool, others you were like, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the girl of with crows the crows thing. You know, seems interesting. Well, that was really that was cool. I really liked the uh, the girl that had the murder of crows. But like the hallucinogenic spit venom, I'm like, yeah, that's like like okay, <laughs> <laughs> that that's something. <laughs> that's saying like. Um, you're really missing out on an untapped market there. You could be bottling that shit and selling it as a drug. Yeah, seriously. You think? <laughs> so, I mean, they they, fi- they they escape and they get, you know, they move into this hotel that Seance kind of, you know, recommends, you know, because they can kind of lay low until they figure out what's going on. Um, Obsidian. Mike, Obsidian. you mentioned about the the, the, the hotel of uh, the hotel Obsidian. Um, and you're saying that in the book, it's way different than the show, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's Hotel Oblivion is the name of the book and it's the name of the hotel. There's no iffiness about it. It's it's just very very different. The, the whole plot point's different. It's also because things are different from volumes one and two versus right. the TV show as well. Yeah. But I mean, there it's Hotel Oblivion was a it's it was basically a prison for superpowered villains. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it was. And one of their biggest villains. Uh, let's just put, just to give you an idea of the difference. The the villain that ate off the hand and almost arm of Rumor because she has a mechanical hand in the comics um, was there. Doctor Terminus, I believe, or yeah, I think it's Dr. Terminus or Mr. Terminus, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, so his son was was obsessed to make sure he got him out. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because every time we talk about the Umbrella Academy, one of the things that are, I, I think I like to focus on is 
how they're able to balance and use all seven characters. Do you feel like they, um, the writers did a good job of balancing them and making them all relevant? I felt like last season and in, in season two, Luther wasn't as relevant as in other, you know, other times and some of the other characters as well. Five is always, you know, at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Do you think they did a good job of balancing them all or not? Um, season one and two, not everybody gets their play. In this one, I think they tried to give almost everyone their play. And I think that was a mistake. Really? Yeah, because it was too much going on by that point. And therefore, you didn't get a lot of focus on anyone. Like, like for instance, like, like Luther, for instance. The show, first of all, the show by the end had to tell us that they've been there for like 28 days, almost a month, which when you watch the show, it never seems like there's a gap of time. Like, like it'll just be like, oh, they came back from the Sparrow Academy and now they just went here. Now you have to start to realize, oh, this isn't in the span of a couple of days. This has actually been over a month. So for Luther to have fallen in love with Sloane, I mean, I mean, again, this fun thing to be, you know, infatuated, the fact that he doesn't get a lot of company, you know, because of his, his fear of his appearance, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's fine. I mean, you can understand infatuation, but this whole love thing, you're like, even in a month, it's a lot, but <laughs> it seemed like it was like literally in the next day <laughs> or, or two days later, they were like madly in love with each other. And I'm like, well, okay. So, I mean, you know, but so to me, it still seems like two days. We don't know how long it's been. And that was a problem, I think, because they were trying to move through all of these different stories. There was no sense of time. And then you had to tell us the sense of time just to get us to appreciate how long they've been going through this. Okay. Ralph? Uh, what was the question? The question was, do you feel like um, the writers made sure that the um, story was balanced amongst the seven um, heroes? Or the seven heroes that we know of? I felt that they were like trying to overcompensate for not giving everybody in the last season equal time. Exactly. And they gave too much time to other characters that we didn't really need. You know, yeah. like the whole Luther storyline, I was like, uh, I, I guess it's kind of essential for for Maybe some reason four? just to bring bring the, <laughs> the families together and to give us a uh, an interesting wedding scene where the monocle gives us a heartfelt speech. Uh, I, don't, I guess <laughs> after but, what he does, it says I really is how I felt. Okay, and then um, and then like the thing with Victor, I was like. Okay, um, I could have used like half of that; would have been fine, mm-hmm. you know. And then, freaking Allison, like, I, I, she, she, they seem like they turned her up like a thousand for no reason. Like the whole, like you understand, you're in a different timeline, right? You're gonna go to your house and and try to find your daughter, like. What are you doing? Like, you should understand this and then go crazy because she's not there. Like, I understand you lost a child. Sure. Okay. That's a horrible, horrible thing. But don't start taking that shit out on everybody else around you. And then, like, honestly, it, it felt like I was watching an episode of Game of Thrones where she was, like, scheming with everybody behind everybody's back. Like, what the hell is going on there? I mean, to, to bounce on that a little bit, like I said, I mean, definitely, you know, we appreciate the loss of a child and especially in the way that the child was lost because it's not just lost it's never existed by this point yeah. um because again because allison doesn't exist any longer um in that in that timeline but it's not just about her being upset it was just like I said it's the writing they 
it was just this immediate yeah. just because her her character has never been that spiteful mean and vengeful before and even to say that you up it again for like lost of a kid is just it was so sudden and so immediate because again they, they were like well we're you know we're trying to split screen time so we have to get these things out there we have to tell the audience this is what's going on as opposed to developing it over time which is what they would do whenever they like think about like how alice because allison was in the forefront in season two mm. right and but you know because again they weren't trying to give equal time to everybody her story was very organic the fact that she saw the you know what blacks went through in the 60s and the 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 whole um race uh, riots you know it was just a very organic story whereas this one was you're angry you're mad just be angry and mad right. <laughs> you and, know and then like the the turn with with victor like so quickly like yeah like angry uh because of like the whole reason that uh even before she knew that that harlan killed them and caused the the whole paradox but just the fact that, like this is all your fault because we went back in time because of you because you you did the first apocalypse like it's like damn and then had to leave because you did the second one yeah <laughs> you know? right. I mean, but like, at the same time fault. as much as as much as that was a again it was a quick turn that's that argument between the two of them was fantastic yeah. yes it was, it was great writing and really well done performances by both of them you know yeah. I, I thought that was absolutely great there was there was two scenes that were just absolutely fantastic and that was one of them wow that was definitely okay. one of them. i definitely think that there are plenty of moments in the show that 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 um it shined really well and i definitely agree with you mike in regards to you know the argument between them two you know definitely did well um I was I was a little bit thrown by kind of what Ralph's saying about how stark, I mean how 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 sharply um, Allison was uh, changed over as a as a parent. I'll always say you know I can understand that idea. It felt very Scarlet Witch though. I don't know why they kept ringing in my head. You know like the, the, the it was idea. very Scarlet Witch before that. You would have if that hadn't happened, you would have said it was very Dark Phoenix. It's it's, it's our hero that suddenly seems to be going bad. No, no, but I mean, also, not only, the, the hero, not only the hero going bad, but the fact of the loss of the child has caused yeah. you to go bad. Right. It, it, and like, I would even say before, it would be, what's his name from Flash? Um, I mean, from Arrow. Oh, what's his name? Um, the new Green Lantern. Oh, John John Diggle? Uh, John Diggle, yeah. So, so remember when Diggle, in, in Flash, not to go too far off topic, when, when Diggle had a daughter and because of... Um, had a son. Had a son and then it changed to a daughter, yeah. Flashpoint. Right. Right. Well, that made no sense that he was that angry. I'm like, you don't remember having a son, so get over yourself. You have exactly. a daughter. I I don't understand where the problem is here. <laughs> you still have you a know? child. Just be happy. There's some people. Who yeah, it's the only. You have the only child you've ever known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I don't see where we're having an argument. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, but like I said, like that was that was fine. I mean, but again, I I mean, I I loved a lot of the the things. I, like I would say, Luther was probably my least favorite, or least interesting of them all. I'm trying to think of. The others, I mean, fun. I mean, Diego, it was fine. It just him and Lila, and yeah, but it was also kind of out of place, you know. Like it just that was totally it, random. It would probably be my second least favorite part. Really, of the, you know. I mean, again, it wasn't that I, I hated it. It was just that it didn't. It didn't. I guess what is it didn't propel the show. You know, because okay. it's this whole like like if he had if she had like said that. Um, that Stan was his kid, and then literally the next episode admitted it, it would have been fine. But for it to carry on as long as it did, that I found a little, once you find out the truth that this really wasn't his kid, I'm like, okay, that stretched this story part a little longer than it needed okay. to. And that's that's what I mean about that. I think they could have done more. 
I think they would have been better off in building their relationship without worrying about the kid thing. All right. You know. My favorite has to be um goddamn it. Klaus's storyline. Like it was, it was, oh, it's Sam's? Yeah. So like Oh, which I, one? The Amish part or the dead part? So everything. I'm very biased because I, I just love Robert Sheen. Like he he's a great actor and ever since I saw him in Misfits, like it was mm-hmm. just, you know, I'm like, oh my God, this guy's incredible. He's hilarious, you know, he has very good comedic timing. Um, and, and like just the emotion and the range that he can portray, like it's it's really right. good, you know. Yeah. But just just to see like the, because in in the second season, like you see him go through so much, you know. The, mm-hmm. He's he's lost love because he got sent back into the war, and then he found someone and lost him, and then going through his whole uh, like cult leader thing was just hilarious to see. But it was him just trying to hide from the the, the pain that he was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, you actually see him like he's he's gone through his grief. He's he's dealt with his demons and he's actually sobered up and is is trying to uh, rekindle that connection with his father that he never actually had. Um, but just to see how like it, it all his efforts, he's he's because he believes in 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 the good that that they can have. Just to see it like turn around at the very end and be like what the fuck and, but just also him discovering the truth about his powers was just really cool i mean it was hilarious to see him die so many times and then just come back and be like oh why do you mm-hmm. keep doing this to me because <laughs> i love you my boy <laughs> okay watch out here comes another one boom yeah no the do scenes it better the, next the scene, time the, the, the that scenes where they were funny it was funny and it wasn't overly long which i was happy about and like i said but that did at least advance the character and whatnot um i I mean klaus is always fun and they can do more with him because he doesn't have to fall into the strict stereotype of what a hero is supposed to be and that's the way that always works you can have more fun with a character that that can that 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 does not have to conform um so klaus is always great which is also if if you notice i mean he's generally has a decent storyline in in all three up three seasons so far Mm -hmm. um but yeah, no, I definitely enjoyed his. I'm trying to think. I mean, and and, uh, and five is always great. Yeah, five is you know, always like. I mean, he's and, just and I, that. The kid amazes me because the kid started the show at 15. He's only 18 years old, mm-hmm. and oh, wow. he really does embody this. Like, he's able to play this old guy, <laughs> you know, like that's trapped in a young body. He does such a great job of it that that I keep thinking he's at least in his late 20s. You know, as an actor, I mean. Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's like, only no, he's 18. so young. Yeah, he's only 18. It's amazing. Uh, you know, so like, once again, so the, I mean, the the acting and stuff like that, it, even uh, and of the Sparrows, I mean, the, the acting was fine. And I, I do find it funny, though, that for both number ones, who are both super powered and strength, it's like, they don't, they seem to be super strong, but not super strong. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't yeah. understand their level of super strength, because it seems like, oh, they could, you know, throw a car, you know, across the street if they wanted to. But it seems like they get knocked out by like, you know, somebody with a skateboard. You're like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> so it's a super strength glass jaws. Yeah. But I did like <laughs> but I but I did like um when uh when Victor met with uh uh the sparrow number one and they're trying you know trying to come to an agreement and she's just like, Look, let's just face it, I destroyed the world twice. <laughs> and <laughs> And she's like, and you're just, and you're just muscle and spandex. Yeah. Or no, no. She said, no. She said, you're just meat and spandex. <laughs> and I just love that. 
I was, was just like, yeah, team. you know, both of those number ones, I'm like, you guys are not in any level of of being intimidating, <laughs> you know? Well, well, let me ask you guys this. Oh, I'm sorry, Ralph. I saw your hand ready to make a point. Go ahead. I was just going to, like, say, like, that's, it just reminds me of, of like, how the writing isn't done well with Victor. The fact that, like, he's so overpowered. Like, he literally could have stopped this at a point. But, like, they just chose not to. Well, because also Victor, you know. Victor's a fragile. Not, yeah, but say, yeah, Victor, it, this isn't regular superhero. Victor is doesn't want to be a superhero, you know. And, and also think about it. Twice she he has caused the destruction of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, you're going to be a little, you're going to be a lot gun shy. In fact. Yes. Especially <laughs> yeah. on the second one where you realize, okay, well, now the person that that that, that helped me, you know, like, realize so many things about myself when i destroyed the world a second time i you know basically messed things up with her so i you know like and, and let's and let's go back also when she before she destroyed the world the first time she slit her throat yeah <laughs> you know not a lot of good you know so so victor is very you know gun shy and i appreciate that actually and also yes uh victor's overpowered so you always have to Watch how you end up using the character, you know. Right. Um, you don't want the, uh, him to sneeze and accidentally destroy the Earth again. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so Victor Franklin Richards now. Pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, you know, if they well, if they had ever if they had ever written Allison the way she actually is, it, oh it my would, gosh, it would, it would be Allison would be the most powerful member of that team Absolutely. because she literally can rewrite all reality with her rumor. You know, she can create any physical object with her rumor you know i heard the rumor i have a deus ex machina in my hand right now she probably could <laughs> well she probably had to be a little bit more specific but i mean like let's put it this way in the comics she replicated herself by talking to herself because she wanted she wanted to go in to be somewhere but she needed to to study up on something so she was like i heard a rumor that i was also seen at the library and that created another one of her oh. that's what i'm trying to say like level as far as in the comics she's extremely powerful which is why just like in the first season, in the um, before the conclusion of the first volume, again, Vanya slits her throat. Right. Because she is immediately the first threat that you have to worry about. Right. You know, because in the show, she, you know, you actually have to hear her say it. In the comic, she could just literally say it anywhere. <laughs> right. I heard a rumor that Vanya doesn't exist anymore. Oof. Speaking of, hold on, hold on. Speaking of which, let me ask you, because you guys are talking back and forth about the writing. Writing's good in some places. Writing's not good in other places. How do you feel the way they handled um, Elliot Page's, you know, um, transitioning? You know, obviously with Elliot Page, this is a role that he came into, you know, transitioning after season one and two. How did you guys feel about the transition? I feel that they did a great job. You mention it once and then just keep on going. Like, it's just normal. Yeah, I know they, they did an absolutely wonderful job. And what I loved was how, every, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously this is not a show that's dealing with this as a subject matter. So, you know, the family, they may argue, they may even want to curse each other out half the time, but they love each other as a family. So, you know, so obviously they're on board, but I did love the fact that everyone was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And then you get to Luther and Luther's oh, yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Wait, should we have a party? Should we make, make him feel accepted? And they're like, just everyone just relax. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know? And so I'd like that, you know, that, that one last reaction, but um, no, I thought they did a great job. I heard, I cannot think of, the name of the person that I'm embarrassed I didn't write it down, but they actually brought in, I want to say it's a, it's a sports person that 
is also transgender and I cannot think of who this is, but they brought that person in to assist with the writing and stuff like that of how to handle the wow. topic. Um, yeah, they were, you know, um, and they worked with um, Elliot because, you know, like I said, they had the script had already been written before um, the transition. Yeah. So they had to actually rewrite parts to include this. And then, of course, obviously rewrite the script, calling, you know, Victor, Victor and, and he, blah, blah, blah. So they had to rewrite everything. Um, but I, I thought they did a great job. I, I was very touched with the way they did it. Uh, I definitely liked it, especially like you guys said, because they made it like a, hey, business as usual, when you have family, you love, you know, you love them, or at least when you're, when you try to be a, a, a functionally supportive family, you right. know, you're like, okay, you know what? Yeah, whatever. We got you. We're good. Yep. I did like that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, I did want to mention one thing. We haven't discussed what the show is actually about. <laughs> uh, that's because you don't really know what the show is about. I don't mean that deep. I'm talking about what the show was about. <laughs> The so, you know, right. Well, no, not just that. I mean, so like, you know, when they've come into this alternate timeline, um, as as I think even the cap had mentioned, um, the, the little boy who grew up to be uh, Harlan, who grew up to be an adult with, uh, with very much of Vanya's or Victor's powers. Um, when his mother died on October 1st, 1989, he unconsciously uh, sent out a sonic wave that killed the parents of all of the Umbrella Academy uh, or I should say the mothers of all the Umbrella Academy. So therefore they were never born, which when they came into this timeline, created a grandfather paradox. Yes. And that is the Kugelblitz, which is created. And that is what's starting to destroy all of time and space. That is such a fun word. I'm going to name my first child Kugelblitz, no matter the gender. <laughs> uh, you may not want to, considering that that was what the German Nazis used as a weapon. Oh, and there we go. During World War II, yeah. It's a Kugelblitz, Kugel is, it's a German self-propelled anti-aircraft gun developed during World War II. It basically looks like um, the 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 tanks, and I'll go back to World War II, but the tanks that have that like covering, that, that weird like flat-topped covering, and then the, the, the gun cannon stick out. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's that kind of a look. All right, listen, we're taking it back then. We're gonna reclaim mm, it. You don't want to do that. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try I'm not, not to do that, please. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike's not the only one telling you to do that, but okay. <laughs> so, um, I mean, how do we, how do we feel? Because I mean, my thing is, help me understand this. Harlan, you know, when his mother died, you know, he sent out that sonic wave that killed them. How's it, you know, wave, actually. what? It was a psychic wave. But how, you know, like, how did you know, how were those mothers targeted? Was it? So accidental the, no the way that they explain it is at that yeah, precise please. at that price at at that precise moment when the mother died right he felt alone so he opened himself up and he reached out and he felt the consciousness of the the uh umbrella academy right as they were being formed in their mothers right and then he reached out to them to to be comforted because he was feeling sad he thought it was vanya that well, Victor at the time that was there as well, not understanding what he was actually doing and not understanding that it was too much for the mothers to handle. And that's what caused that wave that killed them all. It was yeah. his, his power was too much overwhelming and it killed the, the, the mothers. That's yeah. the, the explanation that they gave. Right. 
Uh, how do we feel about that? I mean, was it like, do you feel like it was too simplistic? Do you feel like it was dumb? Do you feel like, you know? I think it worked just fine. You know, I mean, you know, to, to get the ball rolling, I think that worked just fine. Yeah, if you need a grandfather paradox, that's one way to do it. You know? Hey, kill, kill them before they're born. Yeah. And then have them show up. <laughs> um, speaking of kill them before they're born, how do we feel about Hargreaves this this um this edition of um the Umbrella Academy? You know, he kind of he kind of died at the beginning of the of the first one of the kinda. first season. I mean, he was you know, one you know he he was you know at his door now at a different at a different time. Yeah. Now you get to meet a different Hargreaves who's you know been so, drugged up and so we get to see I guess two versions of him in this in this season, the drugged up one, which is like the kind of like elderly elderly like meek sort, yeah like sort of like a little dementia patient kind of a vibe ish um who's more agreeable and and malleable then you get to see the actual real hard greaves at, at the very end the manipulative cunning planning guy who it, it makes you seem like he planned this whole thing even him being like drugged up seemed like it was part of his plan you know, yeah, uh, that one I wouldn't go that far for, but yes, yeah, I mean, I, but it, it does make you feel like him. it. But I, I mean, it can make you feel like it. But yes, I mean, it is. I I really liked it because you got a lot more um, play with the character. You got to see a lot more size of the actor, even um, and what he could do with the character. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I like I said I because you. What I liked is that you felt bad for him. Yeah, you know, I mean, because I mean, think about it. It's elder abuse. I mean, they're, they're drugging their dad. Blah 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 blah. And then you know to see. Like, you know, what Pogo already saw, which is, you know, no, this is how horrible of a person you are. I mean, the Umbrella Academy knew that he was aloof and he was not nice. Let's just put it that way. He wasn't a good father. But like, you know, they never got to see him at his worst. Yeah. Which then they got to see him at his worst. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll say this. Watching watching Hargreaves once he's like lucid and he's kind of like, you know, back to his faculties. Remember a couple of um, a couple of shows ago, I had mentioned about I've never seen a hero or, or a leader of a, of a of a hero team be so like despicable. And, you're and like, I said, oh, well, and I said, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought about you when I was here and I was like, ah, this is, you know, like this is even maybe uh, I think almost on par. Yeah, pretty much on par. Yeah. Yeah. The chief. Um, yeah. He would pretty much kill anybody to make his ends meet mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, they, they, they probably have like tea together and discuss it like... <laughs> they, they no they, they meet for tea the tea's poured and then neither drinks it because they assume the other's poisoned it <laughs> <laughs> so we, we we have this event where, where, where you know um the world keeps with the, because of this anomaly you know the world keeps changing and getting rid of people how gruesome was that with those graphics every time the wave would go by and just yeah, the short people. I mean, it was a little predictable where um, when Stan was the one who goes away. Yeah, like, you you see, they've reached this point where he's like accepting the fact that she lied to him, you know, and he was worried about Stan because he thought that he had disappeared. And when he turns up there, and he's like, "Oh, what happened?" He's like, "Oh, good, you're fine." And then you see the wave coming, and you're like, "Oh, there it is." He's <laughs> but but I love immediately. I mean, Diego, fine. But like uh, Lila, you're like, um, this is someone's kid that you brought in here, and now they're gone. You, I mean, this is before it was down to the the end of things. It's like you don't know if the mother's gone. 
<laughs> like, like you now have no kid to bring back to this mother. Yeah. And even by the end, at that, you know, granted, we only see what happens at the very end briefly, but it's like, are you concerned that you've just killed somebody's kid? No, no, <laughs> yeah. The mother, we know she's not gone because she's in a different time period. Right. So we, we know the mother's probably like, at some point, like, hey, where, where's my son? Well, see, that's the interesting thing about this, though, which is um, very different than most other time things is that, and yes, I mean, granted, they are they are a grandfather paradox, not because of the time travel, only because of what Harlan did. Yeah. I, I Technically, I think they're, we, even the, the scriptures always call it a different time um, period, but I think they're kind of on the same time period. Hmm. It's, it's just, it's just that things change. I mean, granted, you know, that is what makes a paradox anyhow, is that you're here when things change, but it's like, they kind of did go through their timeline because at no other point has the, have the briefcases ever been said to move you along different timelines. It's true. Because just like, just like um, Loki's, t uh, the TVA, this one is here to, the commission is there to protect the timeline. They've never spoken about branches and da 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 da. So it's kind of interesting just to think of it that way. Listen, to, to quote the greatest time traveler of all, it's just a bunch of timey-wimey stuff. Oh, it is. Yeah. You know, it is. Because, <laughs> I mean, because at the, the same doctor, time, by the way. Because yeah. at the same time, like, like, for instance, the Earth, I think even for the comments, like, the Earth is considered to still have been destroyed, or, yeah, right, to still have been destroyed at some point, but then they've offshot something else. It's, just a, it's a very weird thing. Like, the, the apocalypse did occur, <laughs> you know? Because remember, they just went away. They didn't stop the piece of the moon from hitting the earth. Right. They just went back in time, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's almost begs the question. So, well, the fact that there is more time and the earth doesn't look very badly destroyed when we see it in 2019, the second time around, then I guess that's maybe when they went back to 1960s, that's when they went to a different timeline. I, you know, like it's one of the, it's just a questionable thing that you can't figure out that way. It's right. My my degree is only in theoretical physics, not actual physics. So I, I can't understand this. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I was about to say. So so you know we're we're at the hotel Oblivion or hotel Obsidian. Um, crap's been going down, and now the basically our entire reality has been destroyed. So we're in the hotel, and that's when I guess we see Hargreaves. Like, finally, we see exactly how much of a dick he is. Yeah, when he kills his son. Oh my goodness! No, two sons. Well, <laughs> you well, know? No, I guess you could say he didn't really kill Klaus. Klaus killed himself at the end. Well, no, he left him to be destroyed. He left him to he die. Was gonna, what, he was going to be destroyed. Yeah, but he <laughs> didn't know? kill him though. Yeah, I mean, at that you, time. When, <laughs> he didn't exactly <laughs> save him either. He kind of locked the right, door for it. Right. I mean, like when you throw somebody into something that's about to be destroyed, you, you've killed them. <laughs> he knew he would survive, my boy. Oh, he wouldn't have survived if he didn't kill himself. He's resourceful. <laughs> I knew you could do it. Well, I mean, I'll say this: the Luther thing. I, I mean, I always suspected that Hargreaves was going to pull something like that, but I didn't think it was going to be there. Mm -hmm. But when he hugged him, and all of a sudden I saw the thing go through his body, I was like, "Oh, are you kidding me?" Yeah. I actually had that reaction. But now, how happy were you in Hotel Oblivion to have seen Luther? And it was like, okay, okay. So somehow this is, you know, Klaus brought him with him is what we're all thinking. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Then we find out that, oh, no, Klaus is just that really good of of temporarily reanimating the dead. You know? was, so, it, so to realize that Luther actually died and 
was it was it was really like oh my god <laughs> you know that was heartbreaking momentary say, as it was i'll say this i wasn't that heartbroken only because at that point i started realizing the only way this works because diego got his fingers cut off and then at that point you know in the big fight um um five gets his arm cut off which is what know, his old his hundred year old self also had one arm remember right mm -hmm. but i was like the only way this goes right is if the, it resets again. So something told me it was going to be reset and that everybody was going to come back, but there was going to be another catch. So at that point, for some reason, I was like, oh, is he, it's like 15 minutes left in the episode. You know, I think that, you know, I had predicted that it was going to be reset. So th this, that whole, like, thing where for, like, sorry, excuse me. So, like, the whole thing where he's basically resetting the universe made me think so I'm, I'm currently reading uh this book called off to be the wizard where the main character realizes that um his reality is actually uh isn't real it's actually in a computer program i, I guess a, a simulation and he okay. finds a file in which he's able to actually manipulate his reality right so that whole mm -hmm. thing like reminded me of that book i'm like oh shit okay. so, so hargreaves basically just manipulated the file to whatever he wanted it to be so that he could be in charge at the end because that well i mean well once again scene, when we see the, the the camera panning out and you see the cityscape and everything is basically hard graves right but i mean the thing is though it's 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 almost as if we're hotel oblivion with that 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 juncture in space or in time whatever you want to call it it's because again our world our universe was destroyed you know, which is what Five's 100-year-old self was saying. Just let it all be destroyed. Um, it was destroyed. So it's almost as if the Hotel Oblivion was in this nexus of malleable matter, <laughs> you know, that, that this now alien device itself could then reshape depending on what its uh, parameters were put into it. So you're saying they're still actually in the hotel? No. And that the world that Hargreaves created doesn't really exist. No, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, that might <laughs> exactly be what it what is, but saying. that's not what I'm saying. Um, but but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how this goes because now, of course, they're there and they're powerless. And Victor, I mean, sorry, and Luther is back. He has no uh, gorilla body. That's right. You know? So what you're saying is that oh, Captain Planet was right and the power is yours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I suppose it could be. <laughs> I don't think Mikey, Mikey even knows what Captain Planet is. Mike knows what Captain Planet is. Come on. How dare you disrespect me? It was a horrible show. Everybody knows what it was. Apologize. <laughs> I'll apologize off podcast. How about that? Yeah. I want That's it funny. on the record. And, oh, and what, what, one weird thing, by the way, nothing to do with uh, the, the conversion of the worlds or whatever, anything like that. I found it funny. There was a scene, remember when, um, well, they argued a lot, but it was somewhere in the last couple of episodes diego and ben were arguing and then diego starts speaking in spanish and ben starts speaking in korean yeah and i'm like i'm like that's very unlikely i mean it was funny seeing but i'm like it's very unlikely because they would not know those languages yeah <laughs> you <It's>, know <laughs> they, they were thinking, literally taken as infants <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing i was like yeah why would they one why would diego speak spanish if he grew up in an english household why would and, and not just grew and not just grew up again from infancy. Yeah, it's not, it's not like ten years later he was brought in. You know, he has Ben was super annoying. Anyway, now, go ahead. Now I can oh, understand. Yeah. I can understand why Ben would uh, probably know Korean would be because growing up in the way that, that he was, 
that version of Hargreaves would probably want him to like be worldly, so that he might know more than just Korean. That is possible. But speaking of that, um, a little fun fact thing because I like to entertain with fun facts to our audience. <laughs> the uh, there was there were a bunch of uh, posters that went out uh, long before season three officially struck. We actually know we're all five. I'm sorry, we're all seven of our um, Umbrella Academy uh, children are from. Anybody know? Um, no, actually. All right. All right. So where do we think Luther's from? Mm, I want to say Germany. I'll say Middle America. Stockholm, Sweden. Damn. All right. Stockholm, uh, Sweden. Yes. Diego is from? Mexico. Correct. Yeah. Well, uh, Allison is from? Uh, Georgia. Cap? Anything? Mm. Anything? I, I, don't, I don't know. Cape Town, South Africa. Remember the black woman that was uh, shown having the hip? Yeah, she was a teacher. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. Uh, right. Um, so then we have, who was it? Number four, we have Klaus. Oh, we know that one. It's Amish town, Amish country. So he's from? Pennsylvania. There we go. Uh, number five. Oh, wait, five? Um, no idea. Hmm? I, I don't know five. He is from Dublin, Ireland. Ireland. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. Six should be very easy, we were told. Uh, that's Ben. Where is he from? Oh, uh, wait. I know I know this one. Hold on. Hold on. I got this one. Shh, stop. Cap. Shh, be quiet. I know this one. <laughs> South Korea. Seoul, particularly. And is last but not, not least. Uh, so are a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and number seven, Victor is from? Uh, oh, Russia. Moscow, particularly. Yes. Victor is the one that we saw in the very, very beginning of the birth. The, the one that we actually saw birth with the swimmer. Oh, with, with the pool, the swimming yeah. pool, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's where they're all from. Wow. That, that, that's pretty Which cool. is very interesting, too, because obviously that's not going to be the case here since they've now established that um, they're from different places. Because in the comics, spoilers to everybody that hasn't read the comics, but here you go. Uh, Luther and Five are actually twins. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's cool. Yeah, that. yeah. It's, I mean, it, they don't. I don't think you find that out until like the third volume or something like that, or maybe the second volume. But yeah, it's it's found out later on that they they're actually twins. Shoot. Yeah. Quick question. Um, did you guys see the 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 extra ending at the end of the tenth episode after the credits? The thing with with Ben in the train and then the Ben in the train, right? Right. Next mm -hmm. to him? Yeah. Right. Which is kind of like what um they were theorized earlier that there might be doppelgangers, even though this is a different rebuilt universe it seems that because i mean we see ben so we know there's now two bens at least right there might be a third ben right i mean or as many as we need you know there could be even be an uncle ben yeah, oh be. my gosh <laughs> yeah uh you know um i mean we don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy because he's obviously been converted but uh you know like the rice uh. <laughs> there's a little so in that scene there's a little qr code right mm -hmm. next to him yeah you could scan it and i forget where it goes to yeah, I can't remember offhand where it goes. I, I should know Wait, it, but I don't so remember. you're saying that if if the audience watches the 10th episode, then we have the mm -hmm. credits to roll, they can use the QR code in that scene. Wow. Yeah. Or they could just Google. Oh, I know. It goes to, um. it's an advertisement. Uh, it goes to uh, the Pogo's uh, tattoo parlor. Right. Yeah. That's why I was trying to remember that. Yeah. A, a little A little fun from the Umbrella Academy. Speaking of fun from the Umbrella Academy, it also turns out that they revealed after the season was over that in season two, I mean, actually, they revealed after season three was over. In season two, 
there are 43 Sparrow logos throughout all 10 episodes. No way. Oh, yeah. And they are not easy to see. I mean, like, you see them, but, like, you'd, you'd have to know you were looking for them. But, yeah, because the, 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 uh, the, the producer has said, like, yes, by the way, we want to let you know we, we hid 43 Sparrows. And, of course, you know, the diligent of the Internet, people found all 43 of them. But it's, it's really funny. Yeah, they're like on logos of things like, you know, trucks and they're, they're part of like a, like a Starbucks kind of coffee cup as the Sparrow, but there are just 43 of them throughout the entire second season. So the Sparrows have been hinted at all season long. Interesting. Interesting. It's really clever. I like, I like yeah. to hear what, what, when people are really going out of their way to, to be clever and pertain to the story. Anything else we want to add before we do renaming and ratings? Yes, I want to give one other fun fact because I am so giving today. Go for it. All righty, there's been a lot of movements here and there, time this, time that. All righty, in order, give me from oldest to youngest of the Umbrella Academy, not including Harvey, of the kids. Who's aren't the they, oldest, who's the, and down to the youngest. Aren't they all born at the same time? Yes, they were all born on October 1st, 1989. And again, who's the oldest? All the way down to the youngest. I couldn't do that, but I'll, 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 do, I'll do oldest say, and youngest. I'll do oldest and youngest. I want to say uh, it's probably in the same order that uh, Hard Gears put them in. So probably uh, Victor, uh, Allison, uh, Diego, um, Ben. No, Ben is number six. Who's mm -hmm. number four? Allison, number seven. Allison, number seven? Uh, uh, Victor is number seven. Victor's number seven? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, not Victor. What's his name? Luther is number one. Luther. Sorry. Why did I think his name was Victor? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why are you saying Victor? <laughs> so Luther's Reverse order, maybe? I don't know. Then Allison, right? She's number two? All right. No, Listen, Allison's number three. One Diego's through seven. Two. There you go. That's my order. All righty. As, as you did not listen to my wonderful hint about all the time movements, the oldest is five, who is 58 right. years old because he left when he was 13 and was there for 45 years out of time. Time in the commission doesn't count because they're outside of time. All right, and, he, and when he came back to Dallas in 1963, he came back late in Dallas, so barely any, he did not hit another um, birth year by that point. Klaus is now the second oldest, who is 34, because first Klaus spent 10 months in Vietnam, then he was in um, Dallas in February of 1960. So even before, um, Five shows up, he's already three years older by that point, by the time Five shows up again. Allison and Luther tie, but Allison is by a few months older now because she got into Dallas at June 29th of 1961. Luther showed up at April 10th of 1962. So she's now older than him by a few months. Diego is 29. He um, got to Dallas in September 1st of 1963. And Victor is 29, getting there on October 12th. So they were only, again, they're separated by a few months. And the youngest, of course, is Ben because he died at 16. Wow. So you meant age relative to the ex time that they experienced. You Which were is, very clear, my friend. I was extremely well, clear when I said that. I had a feeling all the time that. movement and but whatnot. Once you said that, I was like, <laughs> I thought five, but I didn't get like, a chance no to answer. I knew five was the oldest. you talk, and by no one, I mean me. All right, all right. <laughs> so there you have it, another little piece of information another so that you point. can amaze all of your friends. I give to the listeners out there. Oh, boy, all right. So giving... I should probably get my axe because I might mistake you for the giving tree. <laughs> I ain't giving my axe shit. Um, <laughs> is there anything we want to do before um, ratings and uh, renaming? I would say let's take shots, but Mike doesn't drink. 
<laughs> what do you think? Shots this is a lot of the alcohol. All right, let's yeah. go for it. I don't do wheatgrass shots. I'm sorry. Oh, that's great. Nobody does. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, renaming the series. Ralph, you want to go first? Sure. Why not? Go for it. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's see. Uh, family Feud without Steve Harvey. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Which means it's watchable. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, Umbrella Academy, here we go again. Wait, where are we going now? When are we going now? So that's, that's fine. Mike? I'll take it from something they themselves said. The Institute for Snarky Delinquents. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place I think I'd thrive. <laughs> All right, let's go for it. Ratings for the, the Umbrella Academy Season 3. Ralph? I give Season 3 of the Umbrella Academy. Eight out of ten very creative intros with the umbrellas and the spirals. It, they were so much fun seeing how they were going to do that. Yeah, it was just great. I love seeing yeah. those things. Yeah, it's, it's pretty dope how they do that, definitely. Um, I'm going to give Umbrella Academy eight gorilla bodies that don't look like gorilla bodies out of ten. I felt like they, they really toned down how how deformed, not deformed, but how different his yeah. body looks from his head. Yeah, I felt like he's just really jacked. <laughs> they just didn't want it to seem like it was bestiality when uh, bestiality when it's which it was because on, on, only one person now knows what it's like to have a gorilla dick. <laughs> wow, <laughs> and that would be Sloan. <laughs> Clearly, Mike. Sloan is used to big stuff. Then, um, well, I had said before that the uh, conversation or the argument between uh, Allison and Victor was one of my two favorite things. So my rating is going to include. The scene that I also is one of my second favorite in there. I so I give a rating of nine. You know what they call a superhero who works alone and doesn't listen to anybody? A villain. Out of ten. That was that, a great line. Victor and uh five. Five, I I mean, I just he was just so smooth and cold. He was just like, you know, you know, your sister, I love you, da 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 da, but you lied to me again, I'll kill you myself. He was like, I'll kill you myself. And there was not a hint of like love in that <laughs> sentence, you know. No, it's it's interesting thing too is that, again, things that make it different here, like uh, in the Umbrella Academy TV series, Five has been, you know, very well trained by the commission. That's why he's such a good killer. Um, in the comic books, I mean, yes, he had training, but they also did some, it's, it's comic books, so you have to take it for what it is. They, um, what's the word? Uh, they basically combined his blood and, and injected back into him of like every notorious serial killer out throughout time. So he instinctively has sequence. a killer, right? Yeah, he instinctively has a killer instinct. Literally. Yeah. Pops, so there you have it. The Umbrella Academy season three. If you haven't checked it out, I think you really need to take some time and check it out. But hey guys, don't go anywhere. The Rocket Review is next. Hello, this is Ralph the Tech, bringing you another Rocket Review. This week, I am going to be talking about Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It is a TV show created by Akiva Goldsman, Alex Kurtzman, and Jenny Lumet, and it premiered on Paramount Plus on May 5th, 2022. And its 10 episode first season ran through July 7th. It is the 11th Star Trek series and was launched as part of Kirkman's expanded Star Trek universe. 
it is a spin-off from the show Star Trek Discovery, and it stars Anson Mount as Captain Christopher Pike, Ethan Peck as Mr. Spock, and Rebecca Romaine as Una Chinriley, number one. The show follows Captain Christopher Pike and the crew of the starship USS Enterprise as they explore new worlds throughout the galaxy during the decade before Star Trek the original series. Prior knowledge of the Star Trek universe is not a prerequisite to be able to enjoy this show, but it will enhance your viewing experience as you spot some of the Easter eggs hidden throughout the season. One of the things that I really enjoy about this show is the fact that each episode is its own story. There is a plot device that is reoccurring throughout some of the episodes, but overall, each episode stands on its own. In a way, it's very similar to the original series in that you could watch any episode no matter which order and you'll still get a great story. Visually, the show is stunning. Every scene is a feast for your eyes. I would definitely recommend you watch the show if you're a fan of sci-fi. Hell, even if you're just a fan of good storytelling, I promise you, you will enjoy it. I give Star Trek Strange New Worlds 5 Romulan Ales out of 5. Now, let's boldly go back to the show. Not a quitter. The beard quitter. Now nah, it's called it's called restarting. If the beard hunter could see you now. Whatever. All right, on the count of three, we say mark. One, two, three, mark. Mark. Geeks on the go. Okay, that was so quick. I didn't even hear what you said, but okay. Now with more dysfunction. Now with more dysfunction. That sounds like Thanksgiving for me. (laughs) All right. So I think everybody here knows the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we make it under a minute. Our fair share of times now, but I don't know. Depends on who wants to play Saboteur. It's kind of like that game Assassin that you ever played. Have you played that game Assassin where you're with a bunch of people and you find out who's the one killing everybody? Jack Hughes. Sort of. I used to play a game called I'm Sassy. It's very similar. <laughs> <laughs> and, you still end up, and you still end up killing people. <laughs> with sass. With sass. <laughs> well, let's see how many people I end up killing forever trying to sabotage this. Ready, set, go. Could the Umbrella Academy work as a motion picture? Mike. Only if you wanted to suck. Wow. Okay. Ralph. I mean, isn't it a motion picture? There's, the pictures are in motion. And next. See it. Yeah, definitely next on that one. <laughs> Which Marvel or DC villain could fit in with the Umbrella Academy universe? Ralph. The Condiment King. <laughs> the Condiment King? Okay. Yeah. Why not? Mike, he's over the top. Uh, nobody will know it, but Marvel's James Braddock Jr., a.k.a. Monarch, but with his powers toned down. Okay, interesting. All right. And out of these three teams, which team is the most dysfunctional? Doom Patrol, Umbrella Academy, or The Boys? Ralph. Um, these three? Um, yes, these three. 
Uh, Doom Patrol. Oh my God. Okay, Mike. The boys. Once colleagues try and kill each other, and you start jizzing on taxpayers, it's over. <laughs> all right, all right. I mean, if I had to add one, honestly, I. W- I mean, if, if I had to pick, I, the most dysfunctional always feels like Doom Patrol. It just always does. Even yeah, but boys, to, me, to me, the dysfunction there is like just like the Umbrella Academy, though. They're family. They they may argue they love each other. The boys don't like each other. They're literally just a team of people that are put together, you know. Right. Here, here Cap, this is for you. That one was a difficult one if you knew what happened on our end. <laughs> <laughs> but but if I, I would have added a team to most dysfunctional, and that would have been the Fantastic Four because they they may be a loved family. They are not a good family. A lot of the Marvel team. Oh, a lot, a lot of them. I mean, well, Wolverine's family. Oh, oh, wow. Between, between the, his son that he didn't know about that he had to kill, another son that he didn't know that's trying to kill him, and then the clone of him. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. actually, I'm sorry, all of his kids are, I'm sorry, yeah, two of his kids are clones, I think. Or all of his kids clones. Dakin, no, Dakin's not. Um, I thought he was a clone. Dakin, the one. Um, then the, maybe, because I know he's, I think he has two sons. I, th- I could have sworn that one of his, I, I know that the, the, I love how always the third claw moves around. Yeah, it's like, oh, it, it, it's right out the knee or in somebody's, you know, like, genital <laughs> yeah. area. It's like, wh- why? Yeah. Why would you do yeah. that? Yeah, it's just because because we don't want it to be the same character. I'm like, so somebody with three claws and a healing factor? Yeah, it's completely <laughs> different because it comes out of the wrist instead of the back of the hand. <laughs> or it's or it's in somebody's toe. The toe. The, that, I'm like, that's just awkward. <laughs> I, I would have been better off if you just told me all of her nails in her feet like extended a few inches more or something like that, you know. Well, well at least yeah. it's not coming out of other body parts. Yeah, so far. Yeah, definitely. All right. Shout outs. Gentlemen, do we have any shout outs? Uh usual people, you know who you are, blah blah blah. Shout out. Uh yeah, okay. Wow, that sounds wow. inspired. So, so sincere. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, most people most leaders try and, you know, could say that they could lead their people just you know, off of a cliff. Ralph's leading people that are going to shove him off of a cliff. <laughs> yeah, while I'm wearing a wingsuit. Duh. <laughs> from, Ac- from Acme. Duh. <laughs> from Acme. They, they make the best stuff, Mike. <laughs> you don't know. The, ask, coy- the, coyote ask the coyote just didn't know how to use it. He was a super genius. <laughs> so, so he knew very well how to use it all. All right, super genius, Mike. Um, what, uh, what about what, your shout outs? Only but, lunatics unleashed. <laughs> No, he was always he was wild e coyote, super genius. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Um, shout outs. Oh, you know all the people out there that I love. But I definitely want to shout once more, uh, Keith, because I know that you listen to one. You better listen to another. So hopefully you keep listening in. Tell your friends. Hopefully you still enjoy us and you don't hate us. And you know you can always tell me I'm the best. Wow. I'm First saying. off, Keith, the fact that you survived one and you're gonna come back for a second, good stuff. Good and then stuff. make sure make sure that Aaron starts listening. Oh, you you want to like, like move water now? What the hell? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, hopefully, if you can get Aaron to listen, that'd be a bonus as well. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, um, my shoutouts are always my usual people: the people that listen, the people that don't listen. South Carolina always, at, out of nowhere, she'll drop in a. I disagree with this. I still love you guys. Or my 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 car ride. I almost spit on my coffee cups. Mad something Mike said, but I love you guys. So that's always interesting. I have a question. How are the people who don't listen going to hear this message? 
No, I'm saying, or because one day they'll stumble on it. Because you know how um, the other Aaron, shout out to Aaron, or or Ruben, shout out to Ruben, will be like, you know what? I picked up an episode and I listened. So I, on the off chance that they magically pick up and they 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 want to know a little bit about you know the Umbrella Academy, they'll hear their name. And plus, we have literally billions of listeners. Someone's bound to know these other people. Yeah, and we have tens of responses. <laughs> you just have a very shy, uh, hey, shy yeah. group of fans. Yeah, look, look. If nine hundred ninety-nine, you know, million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety people are shy, that's okay. <laughs> we'll take that one. We'll oh, take that and sit around. Oh my god! Oh, was it a beer on the wall? On the oh wall. gosh! Shout out to M is from Marvel, which, by the way, I. She's awesome, but we were just hanging out um, the other day, um, and she said something blasphemous like, I thought Black Panther wasn't that great. I was like, what? <laughs> no and wonder like, I yeah, heard a giant kind of record a... scratch. It was like a big giant record scratch. We were sitting together in, in her basement. Her husband was there, and me and Lady J, of course, shout out to Lady J. And we're all hanging out, and we're talking about Marvel. So she's like, yeah, Wakanda Forever, I might, I might check it out. And we were like, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, I, I didn't really like you know, Black Panther, I'm like, what? Respectable. M is for Marvel, but you dial M for Monkey. Uh, Where's that from? Come on. Come on. Anybody? Powerpuff Girls? Nobody? Oh, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of Hitchcock. The movie is dial M for Murder, which is, I'm sure, what the Powerpuff Girls are referencing. Ooh, right. You know, remember the monkey that was, like, super powered as well, and then you would dial M to get Monkey, and he would, never mind. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, oh, because it wasn't on the Powerpuff Girls. It was at one of those, um, those other cartoons. Dexter Laboratories, that's Sorry. right. Yeah. I'm like, it was one of the other cartoons. Okay. Oh, wow. There you go. There but was yeah, a monkey in there. That's Mojo Jojo. I'm confused. That's Mojo Jojo. You see, I'm sorry. I so, love Mojo Jojo. All the monkeys <laughs> seem the same Oh, to me. my gosh. Lord. Anyway, shout out to the people. And, of course, shout out to, to, to Lady J. You know, hope you, hope you enjoyed this one. By the way, she heard episode 100. She's up to episode 100. Wow, that is dedication or insanity or both or both. I mean, it depends. You know, she hangs out with me, so you know, <laughs> stupidity. I had not wow. thought about that. <laughs> so, so I was looking at the uh, analytics for our podcast, and for some reason, there's like a, a small portion in Cuba that really has a high listening rate for our podcast. You're full. I I don't even believe you. I don't even want to talk about this yeah. on the podcast. It was Cuba? a navy base in Cuba. Yeah. Really? Apparently, they listen to us a lot in Guantanamo. They're probably like, they can't be this bad. They must be passing messages to spies. Or these jokes are really old. This must be from like 1989. We've, 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 we've advanced time travel. Right. I'm saying they're using our podcast as torture. God damn it, guys. Come on. Keep it up. Keep up. Oh, gosh. Oh, was it, was it that far away for a joke? <laughs> you guys, Anything else we want to add before we say adieu? I no. want to say goodbye, not adieu. Oh. I'm going to say adieu. All right. <laughs> and I'm going to say I'm done. So, and um, I'm going to say adieu. Mike, adieu. also known. Oh, stop. For Mike, also known as MFG and RC Squared, Ralph the Tech, this is the cap saying keep it geeky. And we'll see you next time. Or hear you next time. You won't do either. <laughs>